Welcome back, Crimeaholics. It's your host, Holly. Today is Monday, and we are coming back from a super long holiday weekend that I hope that you all were able to enjoy some downtime and enjoy good food if you guys celebrate Thanksgiving and just spend quality time with your loved ones. My family and I are very fortunate to have made new friends who are practically already family here in Nevada, so we didn't spend Thanksgiving alone. Today is Monday, which means another Missing Monday case. And for those who are new to our podcast, welcome. Missing Mondays is a segment that was created to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media and to help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. Today's Missing Mondays episode will cover the case of a missing 24-year-old woman out of Yakima, Washington, named Jennifer Caridad. Like a lot of these missing persons cases, there isn't a ton of information out there on Jennifer or her disappearance. But if you've been following for quite some time, you know that these are the cases that need to be talked about the most. A good friend of mine named Darren Birch, who is one of the hosts of an incredible podcast called Badge Boys, always says someone always has a mad ex, meaning at some point in time, someone is going to piss off their ex who is withholding information and it just takes them to come forward to say what they know. Jennifer Caridad was born on June 6, 1997. She is now 24 years old and she is from Sunnyside, Washington. Her mother describes her as someone who liked to work and worked at a child care center caring for children. And kids absolutely loved her and she does a really good job at her work. Jennifer lived with her parents and siblings at a small home in Sunnyside, Washington. About eight months before Jennifer would go missing, she began dating a man by the name of Aurelio Escobar. The month before she went missing, Jennifer approached her family with her 26-year-old boyfriend and asked if he could move in with the family. Aurelio had told Jennifer's father, Enrique, that he had wanted to start a new life with his daughter. Despite not knowing Aurelio and really feeling comfortable with the idea of him moving in with them, they agreed when Jennifer told her parents that she was in love with him. During Jennifer's eight-month relationship with Aurelio, she became so consumed with him, so much so that it began overshadowing her work at the child care center. Though they had never really talked about having struggles within their relationship, her brother recalls to the Yakima Herald that he had sensed trouble between the two when he overheard them yelling and fighting. On August 8, 2021, Jennifer was last seen leaving her home in Sunnyside, Washington, wearing light pink shorts, a black tank top, and turquoise-colored Crocs. Her father, Enrique, had said that Jennifer told them that she was going to go pick up her boyfriend, Aurelio, from his grandmother's house in Mabton, Washington. Now, Mabton was just about a 12-minute drive from Sunnyside, so it should have been a quick trip to pick him up and then come back. When she had left, Jennifer had taken the family's vehicle to pick up Aurelio. The following day on August 9, 2021, Aurelio drove the family vehicle to the Berglund Lake in Yakima, Washington sometime around 5 p.m. 
There at the lake, he approached a man who was fishing with his friends as well as his young child. Aurelio demanded that the man hand over his keys, and when the man refused, he pulled a gun out and pointed it at him. The man gave Aurelio his keys, but when Aurelio ran off towards the car, the man pursued him. Aurelio had accidentally dropped his gun, and when he was able to bend over and retrieve it, he turned the gun on the man and fired two shots, one striking the man in the neck and the other in his thigh. And this would be the start of a wild manhunt for Aurelio. The man that Aurelio had shot thankfully lived and was rushed to the hospital where he was treated and then released. Because Jennifer's car was located at Birdland Lake, authorities called Enrique to report that the vehicle was there. When the Caridad family heard that Jennifer was not there, they knew something was wrong and instantly filed a missing persons report. Inside of the car, though, authorities found that there was blood in the back seat. Outside of the car some ways away, they were able to find a tarp that appeared to also have blood on it, as well as clothing belonging to Jennifer. But no Jennifer. They also located Jennifer's purse, but her wallet and ID was missing. Aurelio Escobar was on the run after shooting the man at Berglund Lake, and he attempted two more carjackings in Washington, one in Wapato and the other in Topanish. He then was successful at a carjacking in Goldendale, Washington. After successfully getting that car in Goldendale, he headed south to Portland, Oregon. There, he ditched the car from Goldendale and carjacked another vehicle. He continued his trip south, and after several more carjackings, he was finally caught on August 11, 2021 in Medford, Oregon. But Aurelio did not go down without a fight. After a high-speed chase with the Medford Police Department and Jackson County Sheriff deputies, things escalated to a shootout. Aurelio Escobar opened fire on the deputies on the corner of Dakota and South Columbus Avenue in Medford. During the firefight, the three officers thankfully were not injured, but Aurelio suffered multiple gunshot wounds. According to KTLV.com, he was struck several times in the shoulder, the arm, and the head. As soon as officers knew that he no longer was a threat, they began providing aid until Medford Fire and Mercy arrived on scene. Aurelio was transported to Rogue Regional Medical Center for treatment. After he was treated, Aurelio was arrested on multiple charges, one being a fugitive in Yakima, as well as a whole slew of other charges for the incident between the officers and Medford, Oregon. Aurelio is still currently sitting in jail in Oregon. After this whole thing went down, Jennifer's family became aware that Aurelio was a gang member. This was information that they hadn't known prior to her disappearance. Aurelio was a part of the Norteño gang, and it is believed that Jennifer's disappearance is linked to his Norteño gang affiliations. Aurelio has refused to talk about Jennifer or talk about the blood that was located in the backseat of the car. He had also immediately asked for a lawyer when questions started to come up about the blood. Authorities have since sent off the blood for DNA testing, but the Caridad family was told that it could take up to eight months before they got results. A dive team as well as drones have scoured the waters of Berglund Lake as well as the surrounding areas, but no sign of Jennifer. The fact that the Sunnyside Police Department is saying that it could take up to eight months for results is beyond frustrating. 
While doing research for this case, I came across an interview with a former FBI agent with over 20 years experience. I will have that linked in the description of this episode, but what she had said was that there is no reason that it should take this long for DNA results and that it could have easily been expedited. She had said that the Sunnyside police within the first 24 hours should have requested the FBI's assistance. She said because he is a convicted felon who had already shot someone, the FBI could have came in and worked the case from the get-go. She stated that the FBI then could have requested that the DNA be expedited and results could have been worked a whole lot quicker. This same former FBI agent said something that really stuck out to me on the why police should have been working this case with more urgency. Aurelio had already shot one man who survived. Since we already know that he clearly has a gun, Jennifer also could have been shot and could have been out there somewhere severely injured but alive. And this crime may have not been committed at the lake. What is extremely frustrating about this case is the lack of communication that the Caradod family has felt that they have received from the Sunnyside police. An article was published on September 27, 2021 by KTVL and has a quote from Jennifer's family. It reads, quote, almost nothing. They didn't give us any kind of information. We go and I ask how the case is going and everything they say is we can't give you any information because we don't have any, end quote. The Caradod family said that they go into the police station at least twice a week to inquire about what is going on with her case. What is also frustrating is the fact that they don't have these DNA results on the blood that was found in the back seat of the car, so they can't actually say if a crime has been committed or not. So though Aurelio is a person of interest in her disappearance, he can't be called a suspect because they don't have proof of a crime that has actually been committed. And if that doesn't sound familiar to the Gabby Petito case, I don't know what does. The Caradod family also feels frustrated by the lack of coverage on Jennifer's case. They can't help but wonder if that is due to the fact that Jennifer is Latino. Jennifer's aunt Maria Gonzalez states to KTVL, quote, We just want justice because detectives, police are focused more on missing people who are American and not on us Latinos. We also have the right to have voices raised for us. This is why we are asking for help from the community, that they continue to help us, that they keep supporting us, end quote. Since the Sunnyside police say that they cannot say that a crime has been committed and they've searched the lake and surrounding lands, Jennifer's family is left to do the searching on their own. They have searched many parks and areas that they knew Aurelio and Jennifer frequented, but have come up empty-handed every single time. It's frustrating for her family because they don't know where to search because they don't really know where Jennifer and Aurelio had been in the 24-hour span from when Jennifer had gone to pick up Aurelio to when Aurelio had approached the man demanding his car keys in the first carjacking. The Sunnyside Police had stated that they are doing all that they can and investigating all new leads that come in on the case. Ruby, Jennifer's mother, made a plea stating, quote, I am begging you to tell me where you left my daughter, who you left her with. I don't wish harm on him. I am the mother of two sons, but I am asking from the bottom of my heart that you deliver my daughter to me, end quote. 
Since the investigation is at such a standstill and we are currently awaiting those blood DNA results, it is now the local community's responsibility to keep pressure on this case. I feel it is our duty as human beings to continue sharing these cases and bring awareness to them. If you have been following me for quite some time, you probably are sick and tired of hearing me say it, but I'm going to say it again anyways. There is so much power in social media. It takes one person to see or hear something about these cases to realize that they have information that they didn't realize they had. I truly believe that the Gabby Petito case is prime example of what the power of social media can do. Without those talking and sharing about her case, who is to say that they would have located her body so quickly? It was the Red, White, and Bethune YouTube channel that really helped narrow down the where on that case. And I believe if we continue to share these stories and the pictures of the missing, we might have just as big of an impact on cases and help these families get the justice and closure they so desperately deserve. Jennifer Caradod's family has a Facebook group called Justice for Jennifer Caradod. As of right now, there's only 805 people within the group. I say, let's all go flood this group and show her family some love. From the articles I have read about this case, I think her family is feeling forgotten, and nobody should ever feel that way when they are fighting to find their loved one. They should feel the community's support. So again, I am encouraging you all to go join the Facebook group called Justice for Jennifer Caradod and leave them a nice comment. If you or anyone you know has information on Jennifer Caradod's whereabouts, you can contact the Sunnyside Police Department at 509-836-6200 and you can reference the case number 21S07132. If you're not already a part of our private Facebook group, you can find us by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. In there, I share all information and pictures pertaining to the cases that I cover, and we also encourage all of our members to share all things true crime. You can also follow me at crimeaholics.podcast on both Instagram and on TikTok. Crimeaholics, that is all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care.